KXRN LP. Laguna Niguel, Laguna, Laguna Beach. Beach. Member supported KXFM on 104.7. KXFMRadio.org. This disclaimer is a statement notifying listening audiences that any opinions expressed on our shows are not representative of Laguna Radio Inc., its management, or its board of directors. Hello, this is Craig at KXFM 104.7 Human Crafted Radio. I'm here every Saturday at 9 a.m. with Rainbow Radio, where we discuss the latest news on LGBTQ interests and discuss on this day in history. Every week I have a special guest and we have interviews again rainbow radio craig every saturday hi this is kxfm meteorologist dave murray happy weekend and our week santa Ana flow will slowly shut down as we go through this early fall weekend and in time the marine layer will be making a comeback sunrise this time of year is around 650 the sunset at 628 no question the days are getting shorter the water temperature around 66 on this saturday sunshine 80 degrees this afternoon so still on the warm side tonight partly cloudy skies let's bring it down to about 63 sunday some early morning clouds then turning partly sunny and temperatures will be slightly cooler about 75 on sunday monday clouds going into partly sunny skies, even cooler on Monday, 72. That's my forecast. I'm meteorologist A. Murray for KXFM, Laguna Beach.
Oh, we got to give Bruce a break here. Good morning, Craig on Rainbow Radio, KXFM 104.7. And I'm here after a busy, busy week, uh, which is which is all good, I suppose. Yeah. Boy, has there been a lot of going on in Washington? I tell you, it's enough to, um, well, I have a song that I'm going to dedicate to that. Uh, did you know Dolly Parton read, made a classic song this week? And it's so appropriate. It's called What's Going On? And she she does a wonderful, outstanding job with it. Uh, I, I love it. And uh, I'm going to dedicate that to my dear, dear, dear friend, uh, friends, uh, Ida May and um, Cindy Obrand. <laughs> Um, yeah, both of them. <laughs> anyway, I'll play it a little bit later, and we'll and we'll we'll reminisce about what's going on and what's what's hitting the world these days. So I'm glad to be here. Uh, as you know, the weather is typical Laguna Beach weather. I do. I, I coming in this morning. Uh, I experienced just about everything, but uh, a monsoon. <laughs> but as I get close to Laguna Beach, the sun came out, and I figured that was a wonderful omen. Um, not all omens are bad. Omens can be good and they can be bad. But this, I think, is a wonderful omen. It's a beautiful day here in Laguna Beach. Great day for the Saturday market and uh, doing some shopping and going to preparing a fabulous dinner for friends. How about that? I am going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to do a featured gay artist. I have featured them before, but I'm going to feature one in depth this time. And he just has another new song out, Troy Sivan, S-I-V-A-N. He's an Australian singer and actor. After gaining popularity as a singer on YouTube, he just kind of blew onto the scene in a big way. But uh, all my research and uh, the many videos about him and, and bios, he is an outstanding, um, positive, brilliant good force for the LGBTQ community. And does wonderful things for the community. So, T-R-O-Y-E, Troy, Savan, S-I-V-A-N. Check him out on um, YouTube. And um, he there's, he has his own YouTube channel, too. But uh, you can look at his, watch his videos. And so we're going to feature Troy as we go through the... the uh, um, program here and also i've been allowed an extra hour so i'm going to see what i have to do with that uh which is great uh thank you ida may um and i do have a topic i have several topics and i have uh lots of things to cover why don't we just do this day in history real quick here because it always provokes a lot of, of thoughts and then we come current with uh history which is the news so let's just step back Today is October. <laughs> what happened to Gen January, February, March, April, and May? I don't know. But here we are in uh, October. So October 7th on this day in history. In 1959, Russell Wolden running for mayor of San Francisco as a Democrat, accused the incumbent of welcoming, welcoming and collaborating with the city's sex deviates. Oh, my. 59. Huh? His tactic backfires. The city's newspaper accuses him of irresponsible mudslinging, and he loses in the next month's elections. 
So that's San Francisco for you. How about that? In 1977, The Advocate magazine, which is a gay publication, has been out for years and years for you youngsters. And in fact, they just uh, they're having have an article about uh, Laguna Beach Pride this coming month. So, the Advocate celebrates its 10th anniversary in Washington D.C. That's in 1977. So that means, according to my math, in '67 it was created. So it's uh, quite a history now. In 1987, a Justice Department reports report concludes. <clears throat> this is '87 now that homosexuals are probably the most frequent victims of bias, crimes, and hate-related violence in the United States. Wow. And that's the Justice Department said that. Hmm? There you go. If you, in case you were wondering, moving along to October 8th. In 1904, in address to the Scientific Humanitarian Committee of Berlin, women's rights leader Anna Ruling urges feminists to unite with Uranian women and men and fight for social reform, citing concerns and goals common to both movements. That's 1904, folks. <laughs> wow. Moving on to 1970. In New York City, two policemen invade a private club to interrupt the Daughters of Billet's New York business meeting. The blatantly harassing nature of the police action per- persuades many members of the her- hitherto low-profile group of the need of militancy. <laughs> so apparently that's what they provoked. That's, yeah, yeah, well, hmm, 1970, 1972, demonstrations at the annual convention of the Association for the Advancement of Behavioral Therapy protest the continued use of aversion therapy to treat homosexuality. That's in 1972. And today, today we're still fighting to get Aversion therapy or conversion therapy. Apparently they called it aversion then, but conversion now. Uh, It's harmful. And every every study, every indication, every actual life experience supports that and that it's damaging. Um, Okay, with that, moving on to October 9th in 1970 in Minneapolis. Mm -hmm, Free. Gay Liberation of Minnesota opens the first regional gay convention in the Midwest. <clears throat> well, they had a convention. I don't. I thought we had. Pro, I thought we had prides. I didn't know we had conventions. I guess you could have a convention. In <laughs> 2005, Canvas Equality Coalition is founded, uniting groups uh, in five regions that fought against the passage of the state constitutional amendment. Banning same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. I hope they were... I, oh, well, it, uh, it worked. <laughs> In 2011, California... <clears throat> Then-Governor California Jerry Brown announces the signing of the Gender Non-Discrimination Act, AB 887, and the Vital Statistics Modernization Act. That's interesting. Vital Statistics... <laughs> AB 443 and AB 887 make it illegal discrimination based on gender identity or expression in employment, education, housing, and other public settings. And AB 443 allows transgender people to obtain a court order to protect their gender. That's in 2011, folks. That's a long while ago. I didn't know that was on the books. Bless you, Jerry Brown. (laughs) I feel like Jerry Brown got into our state government when it was in a very much disarray. 
and quietly and professionally uh, set the house pretty straight and got it back on a good course. That's my feeling. But then we all have opinions and all have um, and like something else, we all have one. <laughs> okay, moving on to October 10th. In 1971, seven lesbians, including Barbara Giddings, break new ground on U.S. television when they appear on The David Susskind Show. Mm. Imagine that in 71, having lesbians on TV. Mm. <laughs> Shocking. In 1972, the United States Supreme Court issues a ruling in Baker versus Nelson in which the plaintiffs sought to have Minnesota's restriction of marriage of to different sex couples declared unconstitutional. Oh, <laughs> what? The court dismisses a case for want of a substantial federal question. <laughs> oh, my. Minnesota's restriction of marriage to different sex couples. Oh. Well, I guess that's a way to make a statement. In 1973, the Toronto City Council passes a resolution banning discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation in civic hiring. That's our friends in Canada. 1987, 2,000 gay and lesbian couples exchange vows in a mass wedding held on the steps of the IRS building in Washington, D.C. 87. Moving up to 1995, the United States Supreme Court hears oral arguments in Romer v. Evans the case that would eventually overturn Colorado's Amendment 2, which banned gay rights laws in the states. Banned gay rights laws in the state. Hmm. 95. Well, that's good. <laughs> Colorado had to step back from that one, didn't they? Uh, in 1996, Argentinian city of Buenos Aires enacts legislation banning discrimination based on sexual orientation and repealing laws that allow police to arrest lesbian and gay men and hold them without charge for 24 hours. Well, 96, moving along, and up to 2008, Connecticut overturns a state ban on same-sex marriages and becomes the third U.S. state to legalize marriage for same-sex couples. Hmm. Following Massachusetts and California. <laughs> Oh, I entertain myself so well. And October 11th, moving along, <clears throat> stepping back to 1981 in Los Angeles. That's just north of here somewhere, I hear. I'm not sure because Laguna Beach is the center of the universe, you know. Um, 20, uh, then a 21-year-old uh, prince, who we know as uh, the art music artist, opens for the Rolling Stones. He is booed off the stage with taunts of faggot and effing queer isn't that lovely in 1981 i guess to have a huh, i don't know have a non have a minority entertainer that appeared gay was booed off in front of the rolling stones oh my well hmm hmm <sighs> In 1987, the Second National March on Washington for Lesbian and Gay Rights, also known as the Great March, takes place in Washington, D.C. The march demonstration and rally also included the first public display of Cleve Jones' Names Project, AIDS Memorial Quilt. It is approximately the size of two football fields. The initial 200,000-person estimate widely quoted from the New York Times was made several hours before the march actually began. 
Similarly, most of the pictures used by the mainstream media were taken early in the morning or, or of the AIDS quilt viewing area rather than the march itself. Police on the scene estimated number during the march to be half, closer to half a million. Uh, so it was, um, I, uh, I remember when that happened, I have to say. Um, in 1987, uh, commemorating the first anniversary of the Great March on Washington, today is the first National Coming Out Day founded by Robert H. Etchberg, a psycho psychologist and activist, and Jean O'Leary, Executive Director for the National Gay Rights Advocates. Coming Out Day is, I, I always enjoy that one every year. I don't know why. They, okay, who else? <laughs> In 1988, in Maryland, more than 1,000 demonstrators, led by ACT UP activists, invade the grounds of the Federal Food and Drug Administration to focus attention on AIDS crises and to prevent the agency's slow drug approval process. About 150 demonstrators were arrested. Uh -huh. So, ACT UP was quite a brought a lot of good things. In 1994, the uh, Colorado Supreme Court affirms a lower district court's ruling that Amendment 12 is unconstitutional. That's that one we talked about earlier. In 2009, National Equality March takes place in Washington, D.C. And now moving along to uh, the 12th on that day, on this upcoming day in history. In 1971, New York City Department of Consumer Affairs recommends repealing a law that prohibits homosexuals from being employed in or frequenting the city's bars, cabarets, and dance halls. Can you believe that? And, and, I mean, you, homosexuals were, uh, by law, were not allowed to go to bars, uh, cabarets, or dance halls. I, I don't know what the motivation was there. And another milestone, which always gets me <clears throat> in the throat. Um, Matthew Shepard dies from his injuries sustained in a brutal attack just six days earlier in 1998. I always found it interesting that um, both his first and last name are very biblical. Matthew, you know, and Shepard. So, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that, but I found that interesting. <laughs> And moving along to the last day on this day in history, October 13th. In 1970, Bob Mellers and Aubrey Walter lost, oh, host, <laughs> the United Kingdom's first Gay Liberation Front meeting at the London School of Economy, Economics. Well, they probably had to investigate the, that disposable income. In 1972, oh, my favorite, Jerry Falwell. And the National Gay Task Force Director, Virginia Apuzo, debate gay rights on the Donahue show. Hmm. Well, good for Donahue bringing them together. And, of course, they probably didn't get much resolved on a short program. In 1987, over 600 lesbians, gay men, and supporters were arrested on the steps of the U.S. Supreme Court in the largest civil disobedience protest in the history of the Gay and Lesbian Rights Movement, 1987. Hmm, 600. In 1998, the United States Supreme Court refuses an appeal in Equality Foundation of Greater Cincinnati, also known as the City of Cincinnati, in which the United States Court of Appeals 
For the Sixth Circuit had twice twice found the city's anti-gay issue un, er, three constitutional, despite the Supreme Court's ruling in Romer versus Evans that the attack that the that struck down the state constitutional amendment and used substantially the same language that used the substantially same language. So they they just kept trying, even though. <laughs> Uh, they should have realized it was a waste of energy. In 2009, Uganda, Ugandan Member of Parliament David Bahati introduces the Uganda Anti-Homosexuality Bill, which would broaden the uh, criminalization of same-sex relationships in Uganda and establish the death penalty for HIV-positive people engaging in sexual activity with people of the same sex or with those under 18. Uh. Well, that's enough to stir things up. So that's there we have it on this day in history. So <laughs> what we have, um, I, I do have an interesting article that it has nothing to do with much, but I found it interesting, I suppose. It's titled, What is it like being gay in communist Vietnam? I never thought of it. I mean, I, I, I know I have friends who visit there now, have visited there recently. I have not, but um, they say it's a beautiful country, and it's it's remarkable, unbelievable. A lot of those words were used, um, and so uh, <clears throat> there is uh, this article um, focuses on several people in uh, Vietnam, communist Vietnam, and. Uh, it's it's real brief. It's real short, but it's kind of I, it's kind of uh, it's interesting. Vietnam's queer scene is thriving, and many trendy bars, vibrant cafes, underground parties, exuberant drag shows, and even a proposed law to make LGBTQ plus people more accepted. We spoke with various people about what it's like living in a communist country as a queer person, and I am curious about that. So, one of the people they <laughs> talked to was April Licious. <laughs> occupation english teacher and drag queen in hanoi home country is the philippines age she says i'll never tell and social media april space licious what was a drag scene like when you first moved to hanoi well when i first moved to hanoi there wasn't much of a scene in my opinion the uh, opinion the girls throwing parties weren't very social and they found out i was doing drag they sent me an effing list of rules. Can you imagine? I tore it up and said, drag doesn't have rules. I agree with that. And they banned me from the collective. So I started throwing my own parties, which are well attended, I might add, and get gigs all the time. I think the biggest issue is that there isn't much of crowd participation. I tell, I, I tell all the girls, you got to mingle after your number. I hope that changes. Okay, there's one person's experience. On to the next, Hiro, H-I-R-O. Uh, his occupation is a full-time dandy. <laughs> now I'm going, I'm going whoa! <laughs> and hotel manager in Hanoi. I'm not sure. His home country is Japan. He's 27 years old. What was it like coming out at work? And he re replies, I had no problems or issues when I came out at work. Uh, when I first um, came back to Hanoi after working overseas, there were four or five gay people working in my department. He's in the hotel business, and it's rampant in there, I tell you. <laughs> some out and some were not. 
I was uh, just living my open gay life, and I actually inspired one of my colleagues to come out of the closet. He hadn't told anyone before. I think that I spread a positive vibe and that there isn't anything to worry about. So there's another perspective of gayness in com- a communist country. The next person, its name is Fat, P-H-A-T. And he's a copy- copywriter and property manager of bungalows in Phu Quoc Island. His home country is Vietnam, and he's 25. I met a lot. Uh, I met a lot of gay men that are taking prep. Is it easy to get? And are you taking it? I was taking prep in Saigon, but there isn't anyone here on uh, to hook up with, so I'm not taking it. Ha 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 ha! It's super easy to get, though. You just go to the STI clinic, and you can get it for free easily. Okay, moving along to Winnie Wakanda. <laughs> Oh, my. Yeah, if you could see the pictures. I, uh, occupations, English teacher and drag queen. I just, they can do both. In, <laughs> I swear, if it were in, you were in Arkansas here and you were an English teacher and a drag queen, you'd get run out of town pretty quickly, I have a feeling. <laughs> but, no, in Hanoi, it's okay. In a communist country, it's okay. And we think we're progressive? Oh, come on. So Winnie Wakanda, occupation, like I said, English teacher, drag queen. Uh, Her home country is South Africa. Probably had to get out of there for good reason. Uh, She's 31, and she has a social media, Winnie Wakanda. Um, And what does Winnie have to say? They ask her a provocative question. What was it like being a black, a gay man, a drag queen, and and a foreigner in Vietnam? Boy, that's a lot to... Burden to carry, isn't it? <laughs> Let's see. What did she have to, or he have to say? To be honest, I think I am lucky. I found my community two or three months after moving to Vietnam. Back home in South Africa, those questions would be loathed and a lot of negative answers. But here, I don't feel like I have as many identity problems as I would back home. There's a lot of tolerance here, and I don't want to say acceptance because same-sex marriage isn't legal. But the tolerance is off the charts, in my opinion. Well, that's a very good spin, yeah. Uh, The next one, I think there's just two more. Yep. Is, I'm not sure I can get this name. O-U-I-S-S-A-M. Oyasam? We'll just say it's Oyasam. His occupation is DJ and co-owner of The Savage in Hanoi. I've got to wonder what The Savage is. Home country is France. He's a first-generation Algerian. He's 38. And the question posed to him was, what makes you attracted to the electronic music scene in Hanoi? And what kind of response are you getting from the queer community? <laughs> okay. Before Vietnam, I was living in Hong Kong, but I felt I could, uh, I could contribute more to the music community by moving to Hanoi and creating a safe space for everyone. Saigon, Hanoi, and other bigger cities already had venues, like the Lighthouse and the Observatory. Take notes, folks, in Saigon. Uh, This is uh, why we picked Hanoi over Saigon. I knew that a space like Savage was much needed over here, and we really saw the result when Snug was naturally created a few months ago, the Savage opening, after the Savage opening. Not sure what Snug is. Peach... The drag uh, crew found us a year later, and we decided to join forces by offering a monthly Snug X Peach Party. 
and we developed a strong relationship by having takeovers at the Equation Festival, a yearly cave festival outside of Hanoi, or in Thailand at the wonderful Wonder Fruit <laughs> the Wonder Fruit Festival. Mm, that sounds interesting. And the last one, they posed the question regarding uh, being gay in a communist country such as Vietnam, is Tin, T-I-N. He's a freelance tour guide in Saigon. His home country is Vietnam on the Mekong Delta. Age is 21 forever. And just kidding, I'm 43. Okay, Tin, what do you have to say? Uh, uh, was that a joke, 21 forever? And in Vietnamese, the word 21 is the same as whore. <gasps> what? So all the gays say that we are 21 forever. Whores forever. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> uh, a little early in the morning. Um, <laughs> tell me a memorable story about being gay, a gay tour guide. Well, <laughs> actually, I met my first, my last, my last boyfriend when I was at the airport waiting to pick up a tour. The people never showed up for my tour, and I saw this guy who was waiting for his tour guide that never showed up. Hmm, that sounds like a match made in heaven. <laughs> we ended up talking, and I offered to take him to the city for free. He repaid me with dinner, and I didn't even know he was gay until I ended up staying over at his place. Oh, come on. <laughs> Please. The next day, I quit my job, and he canceled the tour he was on. It was fate. So there you have it. Four or five people from communist Vietnam giving their spin on what it's like there. Um, I just found that very interesting. Who would have thought, you know? I got I to gotta share that with my friend Lou, Lou Fon, Fam, Fam. Uh, I think you'll find that interesting. Yes, <laughs> but I digress. Why don't we listen to what's going on by, by, let's see. Yeah, Dolly Parton, what's going on? It's, she's a little raspy in the start of it, but uh, you can't deny it's Dolly at her best. So let's give it a listen. Still, just trying to get up that great big hill of hope for a destination. I realized quickly when I knew I should that the world was made up of this brotherhood of man for whatever that means.
still Trying to get up that great big hill of hope For a destination Oh, I tell you, no one could do that so well but Dolly. Don't you just feel once in a while you want to yell and scream at the top of your lungs what is going on i swear and she does i just i love that i love dolly i just she just goes on and blasts it out there so she just released it this last week and uh, i caught it just by accident and i thought boy (laughs) especially when she says what's that um great big hill of hope you know we all need to have hope but oh my Dolly, you really, you really brought it home on that. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> oh, you gotta love her. I gotta love her. I gotta love her. So you can find it. I don't know where. I know it's on YouTube. I know you can find it. And there is a nice, really nice, well-produced uh, video that goes with it. So what's going on is the message of the day from Dolly Parton. And again, I dedicate that to my dear friends, <laughs> Ida May. And Cindy O'Brand. <laughs> I can't help it. <laughs> oh, my, my, my. Now, the other featured artist I have, uh, I spoke of a little bit earlier, is Troy Savant, T-R-O-Y-E-S-I-V-A-N. And um, he was born in uh, Johannesburg, South Africa. And his citizen citizenship is Australia and South Africa. So a dual citizenship. And uh, he has quite a few songs. I got, th- I have three of them, I think, that I want to play. And he has. Uh, well, let me get a little bit more about him. Um, he's an Australian singer and actor. And after gaining popularity as a singer on YouTube, and boy, did he do that! Uh, and in Australia talent competitions, he signed with EMI, which is a big deal, in Australia in 2013, and released his third EP, T R X Y E. That was in 2014, which peaked at number five on the U.S. Billboard chart uh, charts. Its lead uh, single was "Happy Little Pill." Oh, I wish I had. I don't have that one. That was a great song too. It reached the top uh, ten in Australia music charts, and in 2015, he released his fourth extended play, "Wild," following by his debut album, "Blue Neighborhood." The album's lead single, Youth, became Savon's first single to enter the top 40 of the Billboard Hot 100 chart, peaking at number 23. He's had some great hits since since then. Um, he His second studio album, Bloom, was in 2018, reached the top five in Australia and in the U.S. Its lead single, My, 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 and that's another good one. Why didn't I have that? Those are two songs. <laughs> well, I got three. I don't want to overdo it. Uh, it became Savan's second number one single on the Billboard Dance Club uh, charts. In 2020, his EP In a Dream was released in 2023, and he um, uh, Dream was released in 2023. He set uh, he is set to release his third album, Something to Give Each Other, and on October uh, on October 13th. So, well, um. That's coming up, <laughs> so I, I maybe I'll have that next week. It's going to be released on October 13th. Two singles from the album Rush uh, got me started, which I have, were released in July and September, respectively. So I have those songs. We'll, we'll just give those a listen. 
Uh, as an actor, he portrayed the younger Wolverine in X-Men and uh, starred as the as a character in Spud, a family trilogy. He became the youngest recipient to receive the GLAD Stephen F. Kolzak Award. And in 2018, he received the Golden Globe nomination for Best Original Song for Revelation. Uh, so this guy, how old is he? He's like 28 or 30. Um, well, he was born in 95, so 2005, 2015. <laughs> anyway, he's a young guy, and his, boy, is he on a, uh, on a retrograde flight out there um, with his music. And again, I just think he's a great role model for the, a whole younger generation, and um, he's worth checking out, you know? Um, he's on tour. And, no, he's not on tour right now. He's had f several tours. Troy Savon's boyfriend. Oh, oh my. Well, that happens. <laughs> so let's give this a listen. I have uh, the first one by to Troy Savon that he just released. We'll let that roll here and come back on the other side of it.
Oh, that was Got Me Started by Troy Savon. That was had just released, and it does have a great music uh, a video to go with it. Uh, so I would check it out on um, YouTube. Um, so that's his first release. Now, he had one that was um, about a year ago called Glittery, and it's a very interesting video, too. Um, what can I say about it? Uh, his style is... Um, I like his style because it's it seems to exude good energy. So let's let's move right along to his second tune, uh, "Glittery" by Troy Sivan. <laughs> Decorate My Heart, Glittery. That's an interesting song. Now, his voice is much different there than his other other songs. I don't know. He, uh, so he's um, evolving, I suppose. But uh, So in this uh, trilogy of three songs, um, the next one he released about um, I guess a couple months ago. It's fairly new, but not as new as the first one I, that was just released in the last couple of days. So this next one is Rush, and I have played it probably too many times, but I'm going to play it again <laughs> because we're focusing on Troy. Um, I uh, let's let's delve before I give play his last song. Give a little bit more history about him. His early life: Savan was born in Johannesburg, South Africa the son of Laurel Millett, a homemaker and former model, and Sean Millett, an entrepreneur and real estate agent. 
At the age of two, Savan uh, moved to Perth, Western Australia, and his partner, his parents, and three siblings due to the rising crime in South Africa. He was raised in Orthodox Jewish family, though he does not consider himself to be religious. His father was born to a Jewish family, and his mother uh, converted to Judaism. He attended uh, Carmel School, a private modern Orthodox school, until 2009 when he started uh, distance education. His real c career really started in 2006 and seven and eight uh, when he sang on uh, Channel 7 Perth Telethon. And his uh, 2006 performance included a duet with Australian Idol winner Guy Sebastian. So, and then he made a final, uh, made the finals for Star Search in 2007. He debuted an EP, Dare to Dream, which was released in June of 2007. In February 2010, Savant opened We Are the World 25 for Haiti YouTube edition, the collaboration music charity video produced by Lisa Levy uh, to raise, help raise money for the victims of the 2010 Haiti, Haiti earthquake. So he's done a lot, and there's a lot more there. But if you want to hear more, there's um, Wikipedia has has it all, about 17 pages of it. <laughs> so let's play Rush, his latest uh, release.
So good, so good. That was Troy Savon in a series of three. Let's move along to some news now. Um, because there is a lot of news. And it's not all bad. There's some interesting. And But as you know, um, probably well know, uh, was a week ago yesterday that uh, we lost Diana Feinstein. And, and, you know, it's amazing. At 90, I mean, she probably could have um, spent some more of her golden years retired. But she persisted to, to in keeping active and um, as a senator. And I, it was just that afternoon she was on the Senate floor and cast another vote. And she passed a little bit later that evening. Uh, so it, it's, it, it's amazing. Um, that retirement lasted a couple hours, I guess. Not officially, but I don't know. Anyway, so th- there's a vacancy for a senator from California and that uh, falls back to our governor, Gavin Newsom, to pick a new senator. And he did. Um, and she is she is <laughs> um, black and she is a lesbian at the same time. Both those things. Anyway, neither here nor there about the character or quality of the person. LaFonza Butler is her name. Uh, the woman chose by Governor Gavin Newsom to replace the late Senator Diana Feinstein will be the first openly LGBTQ senator from California. Uh, Gavin Newsom's office said on Sunday night. LaFonza Butler has been uh, has been selected. Uh, it's something happened to the page here. Um, um, for the Democratic, when once appointed senator will uh, step up to that role, um, President Kamala Harris was as well as labor leader. What? Oh, I cut off the page. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Um, so she has been selected after um, Diana Feinstein serving 90, serving, uh, I don't say how many years in the Senate, but it was like 40 years. But it provoked a lot of um, remembrances for me. Um, when um, she had to come out and announce um, that horrible experience in San Francisco when the mayor was um, assassinated and uh, Harvey Milk, uh, a city council person, was assassinated. And it forced her right into the limelight. And then she, uh, so she was temporary mayor um, due to that event. And then she, be, she served as mayor for eight more years, uh, for San Francisco and then ran for the Senate successfully. And she's been a, a Senator ever since. So I think that, uh, assassination was in 79. So you can kind of do the math, uh, how long Diana has been there. And, um, I do feel she was honorable and her integrity was good. And, um, she stood her ground you know, and, and that's a good thing. Um, there's some other news. I, I guess all of my news things have been cut off. Uh, the appeals back to that's gone to Tennessee. Uh, appeals court upholds Tennessee's Kentucky bans on trans care for minors. Mm-hmm. So if you're a parent and you have a trans child, you can't decide. Uh, the, the the courts decided that it's not your decision. Um, so, uh, federal court of appeals allowed Tennessee, Kentucky, uh, and Kentucky to enforce laws banning uh, gender uh, 
assignment surgery, hormone, uh, gender, and, and blockers, um, uh, hormones, and surgery by a vote of two to one. The Cincinnati, Ohio based six U.S. District Court children had uh, argue, who had argued that the bans discriminated on the basis of sex. So they brought a course uh, a, um, a, to court saying it discriminated on sex, but I think it discriminates on more primary um, freedom, which is your freedom of choice to decide what to do with your own body, I think. I don't know. I mean, the Constitution doesn't say that you have the freedom to determine what to do with your own body, but I kind of think it must have been implied on some level. I, they would never think that, I don't know, legislature would get involved in that. Um, you know, there were some similar bans in other, in, like in Montana, uh, which the federal court overturned. But apparently this, this district circuit court said it was okay. So I don't know. I, I would think that uh, Tennessee and Kentucky, that's not going to stand. But we don't know. We don't know. Here's, a, here's another interesting one. Gays against groomers. <laughs> Leader issued restraining order after online attacks on school. A Wisconsin school district has been granted a temporary restraining order. Uh, Brown County Circuit Court Commissioner granted uh, the district's protection. Hmm. Uh, described harassing, intimidating, and threatening. Oh, my. So, um, Gays Against Groomers leading. I, I need to know more about that organization. Inside the, and moving on to uh, Christianity back in schools. Inside the anti-LGBTQ effort to put Christianity back in schools. Political and religious leaders who have long fought to put God and prayer back into schools are working to advance their agenda. Some evangelical pastors who re regularly deliver sermons in support of school prayer and Christian traditions are uh, needed in that they're needed in the classroom to stop children from identifying as transgender. That's going to work. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. They're going to tell them you can't uh, identify as transgender. I, I'm sorry, folks. Born this way, got to do something that works for you. Being yourself, having been attempted to draw district uh, direct connections between the lack of religious instruction in schools and the the failure of mainstream, the decline of mainstream culture. You know, there was a map that showed religious uh, influences in the world, and I, I really I don't know. I didn't. I shouldn't say it because I don't. I don't. I question how legitimate it is. And I don't want to be the one spreading that. But let's move along to the Pope. The Pope says he is open to the possibility of blaming same-sex unions. Well, if that isn't... Oh, you know, I forgot one thing. It is the top of the hour, and it's 10.03. And I need to say that this is KXFM 104.7. And uh, we are... Uh, this is Rainbow Radio, Saturday morning at uh, 10.02... Uh, the 7th of October. This is Craig, Rainbow Radio. So now we did our station identification, so we're legal. Um, this is also AIDS Walk Day, if you didn't know. 
And I'm embarrassed that I did not have that on my calendar, and I just discovered it. But it's um, uh, AIDS Walk Orange County is today. And I'll get some more information about the details uh, of it, but um, that is today. Uh, <laughs> uh, the AIDS Walk. Um, it doesn't tell me. Um, sorry, folks. You can donate, but you can find it on... Uh, it is through uh, Radiant Healthcare Centers is kind of the... Uh, if you're not familiar, it was that used to be AIDS Services Foundation, but Radiant Health Radiant Healthcare has their uh, has it today, and you can find them on the web. So uh, the AIDS Walk, <laughs> Pope Francis, uh, in two different articles, he's quoted as as being supportive of um, blessing same sex unions, and so it's going to be interesting because I think um, much of the um, church doesn't really uh, think it's such a great idea so we'll see we're going to be in it for the long haul we'll find out <laughs> ugandan court moves towards hearing challenge in anti-gay law well that's progress at least they said we can talk about it it's the people that say we can't talk about it. it's the problem uganda's constitutional court on monday took the first step toward hearing a challenge to the anti-gay legislation as they have denounced it as draconian. The Anti-Homosexuality Act, signed into law, uh, prohibits gay, uh, has many gay laws and punishes same-sex acts with the death penalty. Oh my, the hearing date. Um, so that's in Africa and Uganda, isn't that lovely? But it's, listen, they're going to challenge it and, they, and they've, the courts have allowed it to be discussed, so... And therein, li therein lies progress. Uh, what else do we have here? Oh, Donatella Versace. Um, you may remember Gianni Versace was uh, right in the prime of his world uh, efforts and business, and he lost his life tragically. Um, so Donatella took over Versace, which is a design house, which is very big and very powerful all over the world, I think. But anyway, she has a gripe. <laughs> she slammed the Italian government for what she described as anti-gay uh, policies and rhetoric uh, and referenced her late brother uh, while, when she was receiving a fashion award this weekend. So she spoke out, took advantage of the opportunity um, Versace said in a speech Sunday night, citing the, in particular the government's policy uh, that, they, that gay couples cannot officially be recognized as the parent. They're restricting our freedoms, she said. We are suffering via, uh, terrible violence and sometime, a time when children of same-sex couples are not considered their children. So good on Donatella Versace for speaking up um, for parents of children, uh, gay parents with children, um, they don't all have all the, um, but for certain, there are countries that have more freedoms when it comes to LGBTQ issues and less. Uh, so we're on the closer to the more freedom side of it for sure. But um, then what else we have here? Mm. 
drag. Uh, this is in the United Kingdom. No. Uh, gay conversion therapy ban uh, bill to be brought forward in uh, Australia. Um, as the claims reform was put on ice. In other words, they approved the banning of the gay conversion therapy, but they didn't enforce it. And, and that is in, you know, that's what happens, you know. Uh, okay, we'll approve it, yeah. But <laughs> that's another story, getting it enforced. So anyway, they're, um, they're petitioning the government in Australia to say, hey, you know, if you approve this and you like it, um, uh, the, you represent the people. The people expect, have an expectation that it will be enforced. That was on ABC News uh, just yesterday. Conversion therapy ban bill to be brought forward and discussed. <laughs> um, what else do we have? Yeah, Pope Francis, here he is. Pope Francis suggests blessings for gay unions possible in response to conservative cardinals. Oh, my. He suggested there could be ways to bless same-sex unions. Hmm. Uh, after receiving a list of five questions, he was from the cardinals, and one of the questions was about uh, the gay issue. Hmm. He wanted to make LGBTQ plus Catholics welcome in the church. Uh -huh. Okay, good on you. Good on you, Francis. <laughs> um, I'll save the rest of this news. Um, I might want to... Um, I might want to curate it a little bit more. Anyway, let's go on to our next music artist here that I have queued up. Um, David Archuleta. Uh, well, actually, let's do Colin Scott. Colin Scott was on American Idol, and he remade a song, uh, Dancing on My Own, which was just very popular what, about three or four years ago, maybe five years ago. But he brought the house down uh, when he sang it, and uh, he since has uh, kind of created his own career. He has a, a he did a couple of songs, but um, that were uh, pushed him to stardom. Okay, but he is uh, right now he's riding his riding a wave, and this is a very uh, I don't know very great rendition of uh, dancing on my own. Somebody said you got a new friend Does she love you better than I can? And yeah, I know it's stupid But I just gotta see it for myself I'm in the corner, why do you kiss her?
Scott, uh, Dancing on My Own, another LGBTQ artist we have here. I have a few more coming up. But let's get to, to some news here about the AIDS Walk. Join us for the AIDS Walk Orange County 2023. It's the 37th annual AIDS Walk, uh, AIDS Walk. It's going on today at Mile Square Park in Fountain Valley. Um, the upcoming AIDS Walk uh, uh, will have um, entertainment games, vendor fair, and various opportunities for individuals to participate individually as part of the team. Uh, funds raised allow Radiant uh, Care Centers to provide compassionate and comprehensive health and caring services for our LGBTQ plus community. So let's walk together as a community to support uh, those in need while spreading kindness to love and all. So, uh, I mean, if you're, it's probably a little late to get in the walk, but uh, certainly... To attend the event, it is not late. It's uh, and it's in Fountain Valley, and it's going on right now. So, um, yeah, keep me tuned in, though. <laughs> uh, that's the 37th annual AIDS Walk, and again, where is it? It's uh, held at the Regional Mile Square Regional Park, located in Fountain Valley. Um, so, I suppose you could Google that. I don't actually have the address, but I'm sure you could uh, use your um, GPS and uh, move right in there, Mile Square Park in Fountain Valley, California, uh, AIDS Walk. I, um, 
uh, I would love to attend, but I have a radio show to do, so uh, I, that's a that's a cop out. <laughs> uh, it says, Be, uh, "Become AIDS Walk Orange County sponsor. Your organization will demonstrate a commitment to fight AIDS, but also enjoy the benefits of workforce engagement." So, if you want to donate, they still are accepting donations and sponsorships to. Uh, for AIDS Services Foundation. I did have a few people, um, uh, what can I say, some activists and some people uh, in healthcare that know what's going on with regard to uh, the special needs for LGBTQ plus with when it comes to medical. They are a bit different. And I think some LGBTQ community members are a little um, reluctant to share some very personal information about themselves with their general physician. So it's always nice when you're before someone who um, knows your personal issues and um, supports them. But the, uh, so not that regular doctors don't support, but I do think there's a list of special needs. There are special concerns that are important. And so with that, um, it's uh, been news that the LA Center has a very extensive um, program to help uh, and assist medical needs for LGBTQ community, and they are so busy with that that they it's it's phenomenal that they just it's difficult for them to keep up with it. And uh, Radiant has, to some degree, is experiencing the same thing. So these funds go to really good causes to help, um, but it's no secret that there is a grand need based on the demand that's been uh, shown out there. So let's go on. I do have another uh, uh, LGBTQ artist. And this was, well, he came from American Idol. He was one of the finalists, David Archuleta, and uh, from Utah, and was uh, very Mormon and very concerned and kind of took a hiatus and sorted his life out and came back now, I think, uh, having resolved some issues and very happy to be himself and be who he is. And those are his words. So uh, don't take it just from me. But David Archuleta has a song, I'm Yours, that is uh, he just released about three weeks ago. So here we go with David.
Get it. I'm yours, David Archuleta. And he, that does have a great video that goes along with it again on YouTube where everything is these days. Um, I'm going to do a little uh, self promotion here. How about that? I just thought I'd warn you. Um, Rainbow Radio, we've been here for like six years now, going on six years, and, and we're working to, you know, make improvements all the time. And I have one in the works, which I really can't talk too much about today. But I want to suggest that if you have any uh, guests that you'd like to have interviewed or events that you'd like to be touted about the city and in the community, um, there's a couple ways you can do that. One way, if you want to get on the calendar of events, I do maintain a calendar of events on rainbow-radio.org. And it's a self-serve, so you just go in there and put your list your event and uh, then it becomes part of the calendar and, I, and much I can talk about uh, on the station. So that's really easy. You know? uh, if you do know of something that's going on in the community that we may not be aware of or you feel is important and needs to be touted about, or if it's just maybe not terribly important, but interesting, <laughs> a cultural statement of sorts, maybe, then you can reach out to uh, rainbow-radio.org and leave a message again there. Another um, program that is out there that we've um, just had three uh, three programs in the last three months because it's a program that occurs once a month, and that is the third Thursday or the first Thursday of every month for Art Walking. So we have artwalking.art, which is a, another part of KXFM radio here in Laguna Beach, and we discuss everything that has to do with art. And it's, uh, the, like I said, the first Thursday of every month. It's a two-hour program. Now, if you missed the last three, 
the caliber of guests and the notoriety that they've um, provoked, well, yeah, I guess provoked for the program, has <clears throat> been really, um, really strong. So if you want to listen to any of those programs, as well as any of Rainbow Radio Pass programs, uh, you can find them on KXFM on the podcasts, or you can go to artwalking.art, and uh, the podcast is there for this last Thursday, which is the day before yesterday, and we had uh, some great guests, and it was about preserving the history, saving the history of Laguna Beach, which, <clears throat> you know, what they say about history, if you don't know your history, you're destined to repeat it. And um, so, <clears throat> in this case, our history is something to be celebrated and preserved uh, and repeated, <laughs> I suppose. But you got to take the good and dismiss the bad. So, anyway, it was a really heartfelt uh, message, and many things were discussed on this last Thursday. And if you want to listen to that, it is two hours long, but um, I, I would prejudicedly say it's probably worth it. <laughs> And you can download that either on KXFM 104.7, which is kxfmradio.org. kxfmradio.org. And you can listen to the program, this last program from the day before yesterday. Leah Vesquez and myself host it uh, every month, and we'll have another one coming up for the first Thursday of November. And we hope you can tune in then for live broadcast. Uh, um, and then, again, the radio shows for uh, all of Rainbow Radio are posted going back three or four years on the podcast at uh, rainbow-radio.org or on KXFN's website. So, again, please, if you know something in the community and it's important and you feel you'd like to share it, please alert me to it. I don't always know everything that's going on in the community at all times that's a, that's quite a job to keep up on so uh, we i dearly appreciate any input anyone may have and like um local interest uh, interviews i uh would be uh very much um appreciated i know we've had some really good interviews from people from the uh, laguna theater and um which it's always been very interesting. They have such a oh, such a variety of artists there um, in the entertainment uh, genre, and uh, I know I've had a couple of people that have written books, um, a couple of photographers, and many many people on um, the uh, art walking as well. But so uh, yeah, whether it's a CD release or uh, a, well, I guess song release as it were it or whether it's a, a new movie that someone has made from the local community we do have movie pe producer people here we have everything here in Laguna Beach uh, I would just love to talk about it and tout about it on the air and um, put it out there for everyone so anyway I have another uh, LGBTQ artist well actually it's a song he wrote, but it's a, a new version of it, and it's a, Do You Really Want to Hurt Me? <laughs> As we know, stepping way back to the 80s, Boy George in a new version.
dun, dun, dun. Thank you, boy George. He's he's on the voice, and um, he's um, well, he's boy George. He's on the voice. If you want a more, <laughs> he has had a very um, uh, tumultuous history in the entertainment business. And uh, he is a survivor. I'll I'll give him that. How about that? Let's press. Let's. I have a bunch of headlines, and I'm just going to rush through the headlines on the world news. Um, if you want to know more, there's Alturi a l t u r i dot org. It's a nonprofit uh, collection of all the LGBTQ news around the world, and you can get more uh, detailed information about any of these topics. I'm going to kind of do a fast paced run through. Um, Swiss LGBT groups praise a jail sentence for a commentator, uh, a journalist uh, who called a commentator who called a journalist a fat lesbian. So <laughs> they didn't like it. So uh, the court got a hold of them and they sentenced them to sixty days in jail. And the LGBTQ community thought that that was um, was appropriate uh, that no one should get on the air. And um, <laughs> I, I don't know, maybe the commentator was a public commentator. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, you need to know more. This is a report on NBC News on the 4th of this month. Mm-hmm. Moving right along. Rights group cheer as Maritas top court decriminalizes same-sex relations. This is in Africa. And the Supreme Court has struck down a colonial-era law. There's a lot of them out there. Thank you, the UK, <clears throat> when they were the world's largest, world's largest empire. Uh, the empire is striking back, <laughs> I guess. So uh, the community of the Indian, uh, Indian Ocean Island nation, the court said 250, um, that... Uh, said Section 250, the criminal law was unconstitutional, um, so it did not uh, reflect any. Indi- um, it's the history of Britain, yeah. <laughs> so uh, they cheer as the top court decriminalizes same-sex relations. Like, how are they going to monitor that anyway? I mean, really. And what good was it? Moving along, this is Africa again. The African, um, oh. Well, that's really the same thing. Anti-sodomy, anti, yeah. So we'll just skip over that one. Uh, Moving along to the UK. uh, UK NHS to change transgender policy in the name of women's rights. So uh, the women stood up and said, hey, we don't like your policy. And they challenged uh, the transgender in a healthcare. um, They said the vast majority of NHS staff and patients uh, support um, that Secretary of State and Healthcare. So that was Tuesday evening. Uh, silences the voices of bi- of biological women. So um, what they were trying to do, and it, but it got uh, changed. So that's good. Moving along to LGBTQ Indians demand end to discriminatory blood donation. So, twenty five year old gay man in New Delhi tried to donate blood and realized they turned him away because he said he was gay and uh, he couldn't donate blood uh, uh, for his mother. Uh, 
anyway, they he, they want to get it changed, and that is a leftover from the AIDS uh, era. Taipei, and moving along to uh, Taipei, Asia and Taiwan and Taipei, Transgender Rights March is set for October. Um, what was the date? I think it was. I think it's the thirteenth. Um, the fifth annual march to support transgender rights, and I am a strong supporter of transgender rights. Um, I thought I knew everything. <laughs> I thought I was brilliant. <laughs> and you know what? I discovered, I had an epiphany. I discovered that I don't know everything. <laughs> and especially when it came comes to transgender and the issues that the transgender community have. And I think the most poignant, I've said it again, I'm going to say it again, so prepare yourself. The most poignant representation or explanation, I should say, of what the why transgender is something that should be um, not demonized, um, certainly, and it should be uh, it should be I don't know what I want to say accepted because I don't think it needs that's the right word, but it should be understood and uh, in a way that says it's just. It happens, and it's no one's fault, and it's no one should pay the price for it. No one should be penalized for it. And the the example I, I'll give again was uh, a white paper I read from a, a, a doctor who had many years of experience of family medicine. He's married with three kids, and he, and he said, I abhor the rhetoric. I'm paraphrasing, of course. I abhor the rhetoric I hear with regard to transgender and he went on to explain, and one of the explanations he brought said, so say you are a male, and you have male genitalia. And so they say, okay, Bobby, let's, um, let's have Bobby. And the next thing we know is uh, he's, he grows up as a young child, and he gets into his early teens, and puberty comes on. Now, Bobby was born with an XX chromosome, which is female, and an XY chromosome is male. And what those chromosomes really determine is how your body later develops into a male or female. And that occurs at puberty. Pretty simple, right? You know? But if you're born with male genitalia and you're treated as a young boy all your uh, short life, and you hit puberty, and all of a sudden your body says, okay, let's get our breasts going, and let's uh, raise my voice. Your hips get a little wider because that's the anatomy. It's the proven fact. And you, for all appearances, you start becoming a woman in a man's body. And the, the child doesn't understand, and the parent thinks it's their fault, or they don't understand but it's what happens. And so now they're trying to legislate that, say that young child says, I, I, there's something wrong, mommy or daddy. Explain it to me. And they discover that that's what the condition is, the, that this young boy was born with an X, X chromosome. And there's no, there's no remedy, really. Um, well, there's, I guess those are remedies, but there's no quick, easy answer. And so... Um, there's a couple of things you can do. One thing, and they want to outlaw all of them. One thing is you can take drugs that suppress your um, advancement of puberty, which allows some time for the parent and the child to really kind of sort it out. But they don't want that. And, they're and that is being cut in 
one of, the, one of the bills I was talking about earlier today, that's being cut. And the other thing is that there's no support to help these kids if they decide and the parents decide that it's best in the best interest of the child to, you know, to uh, have that change, make that change. Uh, so there's two things there. So, and it can also happen with a, a female, of course, being born uh, female with female genitalia and then uh, realizing that they have an XY chromosome. And again, it's no fault of the child. It's no fault of the parents. It's nature. It's what happens. And um, we should not um, demonize it. We should not legislate it out of, try to legislate it out of existence. And we shouldn't penalize the parents for wanting to try to do something to help their child. I mean, after all, and I guess I think what I find particularly uh, displeasing is that these new laws are not going to allow the parents to make those decisions for the benefit of their child. And I think that's an atrocity. I think that parents bring a child into the world and it's their responsibility at least till 18 and they, they should be able to have some say in the well-being and care of that child without um, government intervention or... And so when they get on the bandwagon, well, these young kids, they want to change their sex. They don't know what they're doing, yada, yada, yada. It's, uh, it's masochistic. It's deviant. It's, not, it's against nature and all these other things. And uh, I just, um, it's appalling. And so I found out, I learned a lot more <laughs> about why it's important and what it's all about. And so with that, if you know a family who has a child that wants to transition, understand that there can be a lot more to it than what it appears on the surface. And it's, I feel very challenging for the parent. Uh, I, my sympathy is, is definitely with them. But the child, too. I mean, and you want what's the best interest for everyone. But more, I guess more importantly, what's the best interest for the child? And the parent should have some say. I feel in that it should not be uh, administered or dictated or put into law. So that's my soap opera box for today. Transgender support is terribly important. And please understand that uh, when you support transgender issues, that I, that I think it's really the right thing to do and the right side of history. So I won't say anything more than that. Now let's see. Um, do I have another artist here? <laughs> you know, um, I can't go uh, by without doing a KD Lang. And so let's do a KD Lang uh, song. Let's see what I have in my archives here. Just a kiss, just a kiss I have lived just for this I can't explain why I've become this Chatelaine Just a smile, just a smile Hold me, cap 
Thank you, KD. Uh, that is also got a great video behind that where she dresses up. Oh, my. Quite a bit. <laughs> anyway, Miss Chatelaine, uh, a great video. KD Lang, a great artist. Uh, I want to talk about optimism and uh, what I think that we too often hear negative things, uh, particularly when it comes to social media and all that good stuff. But uh, in the balance of things, I think um, historically we haven't seen everything has not been so exposed as it's been now with social media and certainly everyone with a cell phone and can record videos and put it out there that it's kind of a cleansing. Uh, many things went on that were never reported and uh, should have been and should be corrected and we're seeing a lot of that. Uh, out there in front of us, but at the same time, a lot of that's being used for not the best purposes. But I, I like to think in the balance of things, it's uh, it's not so bad. Now, um, how, what does that have to do with um, paying $6.05 for a gallon of gas at, um, at Costco? Well, <laughs> it comes back to uh, transportation, the expense of transportation, and how it impacts the everyone now and the gas prices are i don't think they're ever going to get back lower to a, a low level i don't i think they're artificially put up there because uh they the what 30 percent of the um i think it's 30 it's not all of it but 30 30 to 40 percent let's say maybe you know 30 to 40 percent of fossil fuels are used for automobile in automobile and not in the construction or the development or the creation or the plastics or anything but to for burned as fuel burned stop the burn <laughs> they're burned and so um uh the fossil fuel industry has uh, a, a keen interest in keeping that um that revenue <laughs> channel going and so now along comes the automobile and uh, the electric automobile, and it's being villainized on so many levels as it's disruptive, it's going to ruin our economy, it's, it's, we're being forced to. And I maintain that 90% that of the buyers of a 
electric automobile that is the safest automobile ever built. It has the highest safety ratings for the top four segments. And the cost of ownership now is less than that, uh, considerably less. But I think the motivation is less about saving the environment. It's more about that $6.05. If you can drive your car home and plug it in and overnight <laughs> you're full charge and it costs you $20 or, or less, which is about what it is, uh, as opposed to $91 that it cost me to fill up my tank. <laughs> and it's just a little old Buick, you know, <laughs> that I think that's the big motivation. And I think so there, there's so much uh, going on about it not being a good thing and being forced on us. And yeah, you know, that's, that's like the cigarette industry did. Well, cigarette smoking is not really bad. It has some benefits, you know, it calms you down and, you know, yada, yada, yada. That's what we heard for many years to discover that they knew how bad it was all along and they did everything they could to stay a viable business and promote uh, smoking in the most positive ways they could. So I do think that that's going on now with uh, fossil-fueled vehicles and we should not accept all the rhetoric and look through it and be more optimistic about the future of electric automobiles um, and how I think right now they're being villainized on so many levels. That's my spin on it. And I think it's because there's a lot of money involved and uh, a lot of interest, per personal interests in there. And there's a lot of lobbyists that love to use uh, legislature and the law to try and slow it down. Um, the, 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 the growth of the sale of the electric automobile but I think that there's a multitude of people that say, I don't care. I, it's going to save me money. It's safe for my family. I don't want to be, I don't want to feel, I want to have that independence. And independence is a very important thing to most Americans, that state of independence. I don't want to be dependent upon a fossil fuel for my transportation to get to and from work, to pick my kids up, to go on vacation, all those important things. And so with electricity, you can have your own electric panels if you want. You can generate your own energy for your own vehicle and not be dependent on anyone, if that's your case. But right now, you can just charge it at home, and it's, which is a big plus. So I think that um, that's my optimistic message for the future. Ignore a bunch of the negative rhetoric and look at the numbers, uh, the growth in the sale of uh uh, electric automobiles is profound, and I think it's going to continue in that way. And I'm optimistic about that. So that's my two cents. So, yeah. Um, what do we have? We have a few minutes here. I have, um, you know, <laughs> this next song. Yeah, I just, I suppose I should just do that, right? Yeah. Um, I want to thank everyone for tuning in today to KXFM and Rainbow Radio. I am um, going to, it's a two-hour program today, and we're, we're coming close to 11 o'clock. And that means it's time for me to step out of here. Um, but I hope you enjoyed today's show, and I hope that you take a moment and maybe make suggestions to content for a future show. I would dearly appreciate that. Again, that's uh, rainbow-radio.org or art 
walk art walking dot art either one of those both those uh, programs are uh, in my um, my world and uh, we'll be happy to to uh, work with anyone and get the word out about anything whether it's art or culture or just about anything you know <laughs> You know, I'm going to go back to Dolly Parton again. I can't help it. I love that woman. And she she asked that what's going on again, uh, which uh, what's up again. And I'm going to take it out. I hope you enjoy the day. And um, it's a, it actually is a beautiful day. It's, it's, been, it's going to be in the 70s. And it is beach weather. I mean, you know, go, go lie on the beach for a couple hours. Take a bottle of wine. You didn't hear that from me, but <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think that that's what we'll do. So thanks again for tuning in, KXFM one hundred four point seven, Craig and Rainbow Radio, and here we go with Dolly asking an all important question. <laughs> Still just trying to get up that great big hill of hope for a destination.